Hello and welcome to Because Nature Tells Me So. I'm Susan Charks. This podcast, which originates from scenic, historic, and still beautiful Bucks County, Pennsylvania, features my writings about nature. This week I'll be reading my latest Nature's Way column, A Fet for the Fetid. The printed version appeared in the March 2, 2006 issue of the Doylestown Patriot. Which season's signature flower is the most precious? Hepatica, the first of our spring ephemerals, annually recreates the first flower ever, presaging the explosion of life. Poet Thomas Moore immortalized the last rose of summer, before he killed her and kindly scattered the leaves. Autumn is the season of the witch, when the spindly yellow-fingered blossoms of our native witch-hazel beckon, here, my pretty. Winter, cold, gray, bleak, unending winter, begs for something to look forward to, a crumb of joy to relieve the deprivation of the cold, gray, bleak, unending succession of days. And indeed, Eureka, winter provides it. I started hunting in January. I bushwhacked through the woods, down to the floodplain by a stream, and began searching. I looked not in the flowing water itself, but in the sloping banks and sediments where the water table is high. During winter this swampy ground is usually frozen, so it's easier to walk on. Yet one must walk very carefully, measuring each step to avoid crushing young plants, or just stand still, surveying by turning only from the neck up. There's nobody else around. Wetlands walking is a blessedly solitary activity. No one glances suspiciously while I'm swiveling owl-fashion, or hunched over like Igor lurching from this likely spot to that one, halting every so often to mutter, "'I know you're here somewhere.' I knew they were there, because I'd seen them there before. Skunk cabbages emerge year after year in the same place. They're among the longest-lived plants we know. Like trees, they endure for decades, even centuries. Penn's woods could be full of skunk cabbages that witnessed the walking purchase." Their development is the inverse of trees, though, with the growing portion concealed below the surface. The stem is a swollen underground rhizome with a medusa's mane of roots. The roots are contractile. They pull the stem down into the ground, so as it ages more and more of its mass is hidden. As I searched, I glimpsed a few mitre-like conical projections of rolled-up buds peeking above ground. Here was confirmation that this was still a fruitful spot, reason to keep looking, to scan again from a different angle. Aha! A full-fledged bloom at the base of a tree. I knelt to honor it. No matter the season, seeing a hoped-for flower for the first time all over again brings a rush of gratitude. Faith rewarded, the cycle completed, and begun again. The skunk-cabbage flower shape is like two cupped hands rising vertically from the earth. As with Jack in the pulpit, wild calla and other members of the Aram family, what appear to be petals are really modified leaves. Sheaths of a tent-like spathe, surrounding a club-shaped spadix, the jack of Jack in the Pulpit, on which tiny flowers form. The spathe's color is typically a deep burgundy, solid, mottled, or striped with white or yellow. Shiny, waxy, and smooth, it invites a gentle stroking. To fully comprehend the essence of skunk cabbage, you need to bend way down and catch a whiff of its unique fragrance. The skunk of its common name is more aptly applied to the odor of leaves that appear later in spring. The flower smells more like dung or rotting flesh. That, plus the bloom's resemblance to carrion, ought to be sufficient enticement for the pollinating flies wakened by late winter or early spring thaws. But the skunk cabbage provides an additional incentive. It creates its own warmth, keeping the interior of the tent a comfy 72 degrees no matter the weather outdoors. 
It's a veritable ski chalet, a winter haven for insects. In February, I discovered a whole new colony in a wetlands that I'd just begun to explore. My first forays were unpromising. I wasn't finding the Goldilocks spot, not too dry and not too wet. Then I noticed the mahogany-colored, dried, fertile fronds of the sensitive fern, which shares the skunk cabbage's fondness for woodsy wetland margins. Drawn by the fern flags, I followed a streamlet to a wide, flat area, hummocky with frost heaves. There I spotted one crimson tint, then another, then another. I was surrounded. I let out a whoop. Of course, there was no one to hear me. These wetlands exist only because they're of no use to anyone. Squeezed between the useful ball field and the useful parking lot, the skunk cabbage persists, thrives, and hosts its insect parties. Skunk cabbage pursues its own individualistic ways. Flowering in winter, growing underground, smelling putrid, thriving in waste places. The cold, the dark, the dead, the unwanted. Skunk cabbage transforms these elements into enduring beauty. No more precious flower exists. And that's this week's edition of Because Nature Tells Me So. Please visit my website, www.susancharks.com, for more information about me and my writings. Your comments are always welcome. Email susan at susancharks.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>